0: many uh, years ago almost seems like a lifetime ago um, I was with the the NAB and I oversaw the uh, introduction of um, large scale changes uh, to the department which I managed. Um, If you talk to anybody involved in introducing uh, such large scale changes to any organisation they will tell you how difficult it is at best. In that fact, sometimes what a nightmare it is. Well, added to that a department full of very conservative bankers who lived and breathed rules and regulations, it was quite a difficult time. One of the major issues, of course, was they always wanted to revert to old habits, despite... Explicit instructions to the contrary. Whilst I understood their position, I ha- we had to change. I was given a task to do, the industry was changing, and we had to change to keep up. Well, we sort of have a similar situation in our reading this morning you remember last week how I said that Jesus had left the disciples five things, five things that they now had to do and how they were going to continue the work of Jesus in the world. Well, this morning, to our surprise, we find them back doing what most of them found quite natural. They'd gone fishing. I'm sure the family and friends would have been quite bemused that they were back after their long adventure and maybe, just maybe, uh, they had to go back and earn some money or support family. But if that was the only case, if that was the only reason they'd gone back, I don't think John would have bothered putting this story in his Gospel. Especially... As he'd seemed to have wrapped everything up so nicely last week, so what's going on? Well, first of all, we have John setting a scene in what really in, for this really important conversation that's going to take place between Jesus and Peter. Look at some of the connections. It's set at dawn, at dawn break. They don't recognise Jesus at first should remind us of Mary at the tomb. The charcoal fire should then remind us of the events of Good Friday, where Peter had stood around a charcoal fire and on three occasions he denies that he was one of Jesus' followers. And this seems to be the purpose of the story. A loose end maybe, just a loose thread, just a continuance, of the commissioning of last week. You'll remember that last week, Jesus gave them a commission to continue his work in the world. They were to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to go out into the world. But I want you to think about Peter. Here we have Peter again acting impulsively, when he abandons the others in the boat and swims to shore. But when he gets to the shore, he's standing there with Jesus around a charcoal fire. Smell that fire, the chill in the air, makes me wonder what must have been going on in Peter's head. For a moment, was he reliving Good Friday evening? Last time Peter was around a charcoal fire, he was denying Jesus. Think of how he must have felt. The anger with himself, knowing that Jesus knew. Knowing God knew what he had done. And the shame hearing what Jesus had gone through. But what we have here is one of the most spectacular conversations in the Bible. What is so remarkable about it? Well, to me, it is that in the forgiveness of Peter, Peter receives from Jesus that he receives a job. He receives something to do. When Peter professes his love, Jesus doesn't say, well, that's okay, old mate, you know, we all make mistakes. no. He says, Feed my lambs, look after my sheep, feed my sheep. The three questions, Do you love me? of course, correspond with the three times Peter denies knowing Jesus. Three for completeness, but also a reminder. The smell of the charcoal in the air again. I suspect Peter's night of agony. And the night of Jesus' agony returned for a moment. But it is dealt with. Jesus, the Passover lamb, takes away the sin of the world. Peter's sin included. Your sin, my sin. But the way the sin is dealt with varies from individual to individual, from case to case. But as we see with Peter, Jesus goes to where the pain is, the memories of old failings, old scars. I guess this is why so many people resist Jesus. Some, So many are just reluctant to have the pain dealt with. It's, it's a type of old habit, isn't it? We, we are so used to having the pain, the guilt, the anger... We'd much rather stay there. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it holds us back. But we are so used to it, we are happy to stay there. Unfortunately, it often takes something to give. When we can't take it any longer, and maybe then we'll let Jesus in. When Jesus opens Peter's wounds with, do you love me? A lot has been said about the language. But what I think matters is not so much of what's being said. What matters is the question is being asked and answered. But each time Peter answers Jesus, he doesn't get a pat on the back. Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't say, well, that's okay. No, each time Peter is given a job to do a fresh commission. Jesus, the good shepherd, from chapter, from chapter 10 in John's Gospel, led and fed his sheep and lambs. He guided them to and from pastures and kept them safe. He knows them and they know him. Last week I said that Jesus commissioned the disciples as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. But imagine Peter's surprise when he is told that he is to share Jesus' task of being the shepherd. And I want to let you into a little secret about all Christian ministry, yours and mine, from lay to ordained to full-time and part-time, either sitting at the back row or standing up the front here leading a service. It doesn't matter what or where. If you are going to do one thing as a follower of Jesus, there is a surprise for us from Jesus. Somewhere deep down inside, there is love for Jesus, and although we all let him down from time to time, he wants to find that love, to give you a chance to express it, to heal the hurts and failures of the past and to give you work to do. These are not things to do that are going to earn your forgiveness. There is nothing you can do, nothing I can do, that would ever be enough. Our forgiveness is earned through grace. But things are given to you to do, just like Peter, out of the joy and relief that you are already forgiven. Things to do are given to us precisely as a sign that we are forgiven. Things to do that might be costly, because Jesus' own work was costly. Things that might mean suffering, even death for some Christians. We have seen that play out recently, haven't we? I mean, we only have to look at Sri Lanka where many Christians paid a costly price simply because they are a church worshipping Jesus. But we should also be always and be ready to be surprised by God. The disciples were, as they were fishing that morning, they were surprised by the huge catch, they were surprised by Jesus himself. And I have no doubt that when they got going on the task Jesus had set them to continue his work, that they were surprised by themselves. Peter, I am sure, to his surprise, goes from strength to strength. Even though, if you read Acts, he still gets muddled up a lot of the time. Eventually, though, he completes his task and becomes a great shepherd. And eventually, he too lays down his own life in turn for Jesus' flock. If you were sitting in church this morning and you feel that God is putting something on your heart, if that small voice is giving you an idea, a way to serve Jesus... Jesus has something for you to do. It may well be a surprise. Please speak to somebody, speak to one of the wardens, speak to me, speak to somebody about it. To our surprise, God trusts us to do things on his behalf. It might seem a small thing like, I don't know, talking to some new person over morning tea, Or a bigger thing, like going off like Bethany to Cambodia. God has something for us all to do, just like the first disciples. To me, that is the surprise. That is the big surprise. That God actually trusts us with his work. Amen.